So do you want to just get into it? Yeah. This week we are discussing Haunted again, and we watched episodes four through six of season one, including the season finale. Correct. Uh, so the first episode um, that we watched for today, episode four, is Children of the Well. In this tale, Harvey describes moving into a home in 1962 that has a well in the basement, which I guess is common in that area for older houses. I've seen that and before, yeah. There are children, ghosts associated with the well, uh, that both kind of torment him and um, also kill his mom, and he's kind of happy about it. <laughs> and um, and then he becomes a medium later on. So that's the brief summary of the plot of Children of the Well. Yes. So, yeah. Where do you want to start? My first note is parents didn't say they loved us. Yeah. So I have a note <laughs> about this as well, because it's that's kind of a reoccurring theme is uh, kind of shitty parents mm -hmm. in all of these. Um, I put, because this is very popular right now, um, maybe that's just not their love language. Have you heard about this before? <laughs> Yes, I know the love languages. <laughs> right. So you, your love language could be like doing stuff for people, and that's how you, you let them know that you love them. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe their love language is ghosts. Mm. Or the Bible. Yeah, God. I do think that, I mean, they show more abuse later on in the episode, but in the beginning, he Harvey is saying parent, the parents never said they loved us, and his sister is agreeing. And then he talks about how they were really religious and he felt like his mother used the Bible as warfare. Um, but then they cut to the reenactment and it just shows her just reading the Bible, like just reading a passage from the Bible and they just sit down and eat and eat some soup. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was like a weird reenactment to show with that note because I think it's I mean, I didn't grow up in a really religious family, but I think it seems normal that you would read a Bible passage before eating. I mean, people see, say grace. Right. Um, that particular guess... Bible passage was from Revelations, which it's is... an odd one. Right. <laughs> um, not even recognized as a, a real book of the New Testament by, I, I think, a lot of denominations of Christianity. So. So I guess... The warfare part was she was reading the crazy part of the bible yeah <laughs> it is a real quote though i did i went and i looked it up and it's oh they're all verbatim because there's so many different versions of the bible but uh real quote slightly impressed by that i thought they would have just made some shit up wow i don't i don't know why i would think the makers of haunted would make shit up but it's just a feeling that i got Oh no! I think we have we have some more research sort of stuff going on in these three episodes. In the first three, um, they do show another childhood drawing. Don't know if you caught that. Yes. Um, uh, the almost the rest of my notes are about how 
that reminded me of the Baudelaire kids from a series of unfortunate events <laughs> and how that's all I could think about whenever they talked about the ghosts. It was a very grim drawing and it did look exactly like them, like even the baby with the little tuft of hair. Right. But that wouldn't have been, I mean, it does look like them, but he drew it when he was nine. He would have been nine in 1971 so obviously right yeah that didn't exist yet yeah um but also again as with the last drawing probably not the real drawing um i'm gonna i'm gonna speculate that you you can think how you want to think it said you know harvey's drawing that popped up on the screen with it so they definitely weren't just implying that he drew it they were saying explicitly that he drew it yeah, I'm 90% certain that they're they're either redrawing the things that they're explaining or they're just making it up. I hate to be so skeptical, but uh these are just not drawings that I would I would think that kids these ages would make. Yeah, maybe. Do you want to talk a little bit about so let's kind of go through the 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 events. So he starts hearing stuff and hearing knocking and he tells his mom and she locks him in the basement as a punishment because she knows that he's afraid of the dark with a like bolted very fire hazard lock (laughs) like not she doesn't have a key she like uses like a dead lock you know yeah dead bolt (laughs) A deadbolt, yeah. Um, and he sees the ghosts in the basement, um, three children. And when she lets him out, he tells her that he saw the ghosts. I guess he didn't learn his lesson, that she doesn't want to hear about that. <laughs> yeah. um, and she beats, beats him up uh, with the Bible. Uh, and, well, before she does that, she reads him a passage from the Bible. And I am curious if you, if you looked this passage up, because... She specifically seems to mention like uh, that people that see ghosts are wizards and they should be like banished or something. Oh, <laughs> I didn't no, write I down the exact part. words. She's it, she basically reads a passage accusing him of being a wizard and then starts beating him up with the Bible. Um, so I'm really curious if the if the wizard passage is real or not. That's. Yeah, I, I I totally missed that part. If he was a wizard, you shouldn't beat him with the the book, though. What if he used his wizard powers for revenge? Which well, maybe he did. Exactly. So basically, you know, he's saying she was acting this way because she believed I was possessed by the devil. She believed potentially he was a wizard. Um, and the next thing that happens is he is feeling suicidal and he sees these ghosts and they comfort him and they tell him we're going to take care of your mom and he is so grateful that he takes a doll that he finds in the backyard and he he puts it on the well as an offering to them and then his mom suddenly dies mysteriously and with no explanation at the age of 36 so yeah. maybe she was right, you know, maybe he did have some supernatural powers. I'm not saying it was okay what she was doing, but she wasn't like all the way off. She, he, he did get her killed. He did put a hit on her. Right. 
um, unintentionally. Yeah, I do have it in my notes. I don't feel like she deserved to die. Yeah, I mean, she definitely was abusive. And she was bad. Not bad, spooked but... to death by ghosts bad. A question that I had about this is later on in the story, we learn that he basically like clairvoyant and he has the ability to like sense spirits after this experience. And I'm wondering, do you do you think that it was genetic? Like, did his mom have a, a you know, like a sixth sense and she mm. knew that he was going to end up getting her killed in a supernatural way? And and um, she was like expressing that by like being super abusive and crazy and calling him a wizard and like reading the bible on him all the time oh i really i like that narrative that she she manifested her her superpowers and then tried to like suppress them with the bible yeah so we don't get i don't think they really flesh out this whole like it not being chill that the ghost killed his mom thing like they're just like yeah we were happy anyway Later, I saw my mom's ghost. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> and he, she basically, he says that she, he feels like she's apologizing to him because she comes over and she picks up a baby. Very unclear if that's his little sibling or if that's supposed to be him seeing her pick him up as a baby. Um, but she says that she'll always be with him and he feels like she's apologizing to him. And then after that... He didn't see the ghosts anymore. He didn't see his mom anymore. And he started to become clairvoyant. He started to know things before they would happen and to feel like he was in touch with ghosts. Then we get where he goes into the Navy. Right. Do you have anything before the Navy part? Nope. It's all all to do with the Navy after this. Okay. So he joins the Navy and he is on base, I guess. And he gets a message from the Navy chaplain to come down to talk to him. And the chaplain tells him, so basically Harvey's dead mom, the ghost, contacted the chaplain from beyond the grave and told the chaplain to tell Harvey that he should use his abilities to help others. Yes. Um, I just want to mention yeah. one. I want to come back to the chaplain. I want to I want to talk about for one second how this must have gone him joining the Navy. <laughs> okay. So he specifically said he joined the Navy because he was clairvoyant. And I just <laughs> and imagine... To help people. Yeah, I just imagine a recruiter being like, hey, son, why do you want to join the Navy? And he's like, I need to use my ghost powers for good. <laughs> Welcome aboard. <laughs> we actually have a whole ghost division. It's led by this chaplain. <laughs> Here's a gun. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck? But then the chaplain, I mean, is that... I mean, that seems so bizarre, that story about that this Navy chaplain, who I'm assuming is kind of there probably to lead religious services, and then I'm guessing to provide some kind of counseling to members of the Navy. Like, I don't know that much about what that person, a chaplain's role would be, but it seems like it's not talking to ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> and I... delivering ghost messages from beyond the grave. Doesn't seem like that's probably part of the job. I don't know where chaplains fit in kind of the the religious hierarchy, but I I think that's sacrilegious to talk to ghosts. I don't yeah. think you're allowed to do that. Yeah, I think a chaplain is a type of 
oh gosh, I could be so wrong, but it's like a type of Christian clergy member, I guess, that's not Catholic. Um, so I think it's like a like a Protest, Protestant probably. Um, but yeah, most of the time in ghost stories, if they're going to bring in the church they bring in the catholic church because and there's like this history of priests doing exorcisms and this being something that's both like simultaneously like frowned upon by the church and also you like some people do it and you can kind of like get special permission or something so almost all of these quote unquote like true exorcism stories that we hear like the story of the exorcist, the exorcism of Emily Rose, like they always bring in a Catholic priest, like the Catholics, they have like cornered the market on exorcisms and ghost shit. Um, so I don't know where chaplains fit in there, but in terms of what I know from movies, the Catholics have that market cornered. <laughs> yeah, which, which confuses me further because that was the sense that I got was that his mom was like evangelist or catholic like some of the more hardcore christian denominations uh but if this is like a protestant chaplain that like all of like catholics hate the protestants why would she go to a protestant guy and tell to deliver a message to her son surely there's somebody that she would have been more friendly with well, I guess it, they did make it seem like she's just a whole new person in death, right? Like, all of a sudden, she's like, Maybe. I love you, my son. I, I was just thinking how funny it would have been if the the guy came over and he's like, Oh, I have a message from your mom. And it's just the same passage from Revelations. <laughs> Remember, that's an important you're, one. You're being um, kicked out of the Navy because we found out you're a wizard. <laughs> yeah, your mom told us. Wow, mom's a snitch. Ghost mom. So then we get the next um, death, and his brother-in-law kills himself. And he, of course, wants to help people with his abilities. So he comes to the barn where his brother-in-law shot himself, or she calls him to come, and he's going to help her communicate. And he brings... And he specifically mentions that this product is from Radio Shack. <laughs> a little bit of product placement for all. Well, I don't think they're around anymore, but he brings a spirit box, which I'm sure you know what a spirit box is. But I looked up current spirit boxes just in case anyone else didn't know what it was and was curious. So you can get one for $135. I don't know if that's a good deal or not. Um, I guess it's. I guess it depends on how much you value talking to the dead. Yeah. Um, and here's the description of it. The white noise and the fast scanning of radio frequencies is believed to provide the energy and transmission that spirits need to get their voices through to us. So basically, it scans radio frequencies and then it pulls out specific words from different radio shows and stuff that are is on the radio to create sentences so we've we've probably seen this everyone's probably seen this in paranormal investigation shows where it's just kind of white noise and it sounds like it's just switching radio channels really really fast and then like a word or two will pop out and sometimes 
they will make sense and people will derive meaning from it and it's you know believed that ghosts are able to like pluck those words out to like make sentences to communicate um it looks to me like what he's holding in this scene is not that that it's like um one of those uh oh the evp yeah like that he's holding an evp and that it just the evp just says i'm so sorry i i mean this is just like a little tiny gripe but i just like he's he's not hold i don't think he's holding a spirit box in that scene or like that's not how a spirit box works yeah um, i'll i'll give it to him their their budget we know that they blew it on the the claw yeah, bathtub yeah. so yeah they don't have 135 dollars um the other thing that i wrote about this scene is he has a gift his gift is going to radio shack <laughs> it was so weird that he was like i got this at radio shack yeah if he was if he had superpowers that let him talk to ghosts he wouldn't need to go to radio shack yeah no you just bring that chaplain yeah Um, so i don't have anything else to talk about except the ending so if you have any other notes uh my last note was that it was just weird that it it started out as um like a background character telling a story about the Baudelaire kids and then ended as unbreakable. (laughs) Yeah, I thought, so I wrote, this is the first time we actually get a nice ending. And I was wondering if this is because we're going to have a spinoff and it's going to be like Harvey doing paranormal investigations. Because didn't it kind of seem like it was sort of like telling the story of how Harvey became a you know, became a ghost hunter, became a medium. And I was like, huh. I I was like, is there going to just be like a little part at the end here where they say, and catch Harvey's ghost hunting channel on YouTube at, you know, Harvey and the well. I would really, I would respect that hustle. (laughs) Yeah, I just wrote, nice ending. What a surprise. Yeah, I'll give it to him that. I mean, it's going to get worse. I'd the next the two show. do not end that way. Moving on. Episode five. Finally. Finally, finally, we get aliens. <laughs> it's super relevant because this show's called Haunted, so yeah. we should have aliens. Wait. Oh, <laughs> no, it doesn't, doesn't really make sense. Aliens aren't the worst thing this show has ever done. No, and you can get... be you can be haunted by aliens. <laughs> They're ghost aliens. No, just haunted by the like you could be haunted by a bad memory. Yeah, you know. But I think this show has established that it's a weird relationship with like trauma slash memory and spooky Halloween ghosts. So yeah, I don't know if they I don't know if they really thought through like how the whole alien thing fits into the theme. <laughs> Um, I'll give it but to it's him. A, it's a paranormal show. We got to have an alien episode. There's always one. This one is called Alien Infections. This woman, uh, she recalls the story of when she was a child and her mother was dying of cancer. And while this was happening, uh, she was visited by aliens uh, numerous times. And then after her mother passed away, she started having all kinds of abdominal issues. 
and then uh, eventually she or progressively the the aliens get more and more invasive to the point where she's she's waking up in the middle of the night and remembering abductions that have happened to her and uh, eventually she gets married and it stops for a while and then it comes back um, and the abdominal pain returns right afterwards and then they realize that uh, her she has like every uterus problem that you could possibly have and uh, it is just kind of a tragic story about uh, a woman who's probably had some kind of issue uh, for her entire life yeah and just I- realized it way too late I agree. I think that they introduce very early on that as a child, she was having really extreme abdominal pain and that she was told that she was just faking it. Um, It was just sympathy pains. And then later on, she describes... Um, she, or she has pain again when she's you know after she gets married and she goes to the hospital and they're going to give her an IV and she has this alien, you know, autopsy flashback thing, where mm-hmm. the alien is like probing her vagina with a with a device and then and then she finds out in this hospital trip that she has to have a hysterectomy at, at 19, which is just I mean that's terrible i mean that's tragic you know and especially for someone that wants to have children but even if you don't want to have children that's a major procedure you have to be on hormones for the rest of your life like it's it's really awful right um but it seems like they're implying that this happened because the aliens probed her vagina and not that she had been having issues since she was a child that were ignored because she was in a poor rural area and didn't have they didn't have a lot of resources like they're like yeah "Yeah, it was definitely the alien probe i was like what she she like said that she was feeling sick since she was a little child like clearly she just had probably had cysts or had something since she was a child that potentially probably could have been prevented It's, it's i mean it's a really kind of sad story about healthcare for people that are poor in rural areas. I mean, she basically just gets sent away and then whatever was wrong with her got so bad that she had to have a hysterectomy at 19. Um, right. Let's I, let's back up. Let's start at the beginning again. Yes. No, I just... I we're we're going to get... This was kind of, This entire episode was kind of a downer, but there are a couple of jokes in here. So we'll, we'll try to squeeze those out, I guess, while we talk about it. But... This one, I, I, this was the one where I was like, I, I do feel kind of bad for this, this lady. I still don't believe in aliens, but like, I, I do feel a lot of sympathy for this, uh, this woman. Um, the first thing, though, funny how she describes the aliens. She says that they have a six pack. That's like their defining feature. Do you remember that? Yeah. No, my note was six pack and no face. It sounds like grinder. Yeah, <laughs> the grinder <laughs> aliens. I love that. Um, I also noted that um, we have an alien expert, exclamation point. For some reason, they have an alien expert that is not part of the story. This is the first time they've done something like this. 
They just have an alien expert there. Yeah. Just some dude, and he's Went just to there. Went alien to like, school. Basically, yeah. <laughs> they don't explain, like, why he's an alien expert. Um, you just call yourself one. He's basically there to, like, say that she's not lying the whole episode. And so at one point, you know, she's talking about these abductions and her friend, one of the people at the intervention says, are you sure it's not a dream? And the alien expert goes, well, if it is a dream, I've heard that same dream before. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he probably did uh, because I looked up, like, basically, like, when reports of aliens started happening. Right. And the first report that we have of the gray people, of that being something that's reported, was in 1961 um, by Barney and Betty Hill. Um, so they claimed that they were abducted. It's very similar kind of story where, like, they, lo- they lose time. Um, they were driving down the road. They saw a light. They woke up two hours later. They completely lost that time, and they reported the gray people. Um, so that was pretty, you know, common lore. Um, and then there was also, even before this, a lot of lore about things regarding pregnancy and like aliens trying to impregnate humans um so all these things were like in common alien you know lore basically before because this starts in 1985 right Um, so just to note that like he says oh i've heard the same dream before we're like well yeah so has everybody because they read the fucking newspaper yeah that's a common thing that (laughs) like all the ufologists use that as an ex- like oh not all these people came up with the same story all at the same time and it's like no they didn't come up with it at the same time one person came up with it and it got really popular and now everybody is subconsciously using that to fill in gaps in their story yeah so they use it as evidence that ufos have to exist because otherwise nobody would be sharing these same stories but that's the reason they're sharing those same stories is because they don't exist my next note here, it's, it's regarding the first time that she goes to the hospital as a child. Um, and she's talking about how they perform all these tests on her. So I'm not a medical professional, but I've been to the hospital for stomach pains before. Uh, and what they did, like when I went to the hospital, I mean, I, we're a little bit younger than this person, but not that much younger. Um mm-hmm. You know, they'll do some blood work. Um, they'll do some scans of your intestines to make sure that you're not suffering from something like Crohn's disease. Um, so those are the kinds of tests that might be run. If You know, they'll test to make sure that you're not having appendicitis. They'll take blood, things like that. For some reason, in this, like, taking test scene, they, um, they like, rub her foot with a pen, <laughs> which is something that you would do if someone, like, was potentially paralyzed or like having issues with like feeling in their feet or doing a reflex test doesn't make any sense for a child coming in with like potentially appendicitis like you would not like touch like touch their foot with a pen and also like this was shown as like they were performing extensive tests you know like Uh, poking my foot with a pen (laughs) i uh i i agree um i one of the things that i like to do when something seems that ridiculous is try to think of some logical reason why they would do that maybe they think it's some i most certainly it was just the producers didn't know what else to do they're just do medical shit probably with the director <laughs> instructions 
but maybe there's uh, some kind of nerve issue and they're making sure that the spinal column is getting all the way down to the feet. I don't know. Yeah, yeah maybe there's an explanation. I just think like in a reenactment when you're supposed to be showing like how terrible it was right. with all these tests done, that the foot pen is like a strange thing to show. <laughs> Even if they really did do that, like, why why show that? <laughs> yeah, it, their goal isn't to be accurate. Their goal is to, like, sell the point that these are doctors that know what they're doing. Yeah. And that doesn't do that <laughs> no. on its face, no. It's like the feather stroking all over again. Yeah, that exact kind of thing. Um, what did you think of all the surgery, like, the alien surgery flashbacks? We have, I think, at least two flashback sequences where she they try to give her an IV both times they try to give her an IV and the IV is comically larger than any IV I've ever seen in my entire life and she has this she freaks out and she has this flashback of aliens performing pretty graphic surgery on her um during that entire period I was checked out because I was try, I, I could not stop thinking about what, what, why do aliens need so many medical test subjects to figure out how human beings work? Like it's not that complicated. Like yeah, any high school student can dissect a single frog and be like, oh, that's how it works. I got it. All the organs here. But aliens need hundreds of thousands of people, apparently. Yeah, I don't know. She brings up the getting tagged, like you're an animal thing. So yeah. I don't know. How many animals do you think get tagged a year? Uh, probably or... a lot. That makes more sense. But yeah. I don't I don't see why they have to cut people open and do invasive stuff. That after one or two, you figure they'd, they'd have it. Well, and also, I mean, I guess the excuse is that they have advanced alien technology, but... She doesn't have any any like marks on her other than later on she says that she would have some marks on her that would disappear in a day. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know what kind of technology they have that... Wait, hold on one second. Mushu! <laughs> Can leave all the Mushu's in? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you don't leave all the Mushu's in? Mushu, please. Please stop. He's being so bad. I should have fed him before I did this. I fucked up. <laughs> we can put some treats out. Maybe I should clarify that Mushu's my cat. Yeah. <laughs> um, where was I? Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. I just think it's odd that they showed these really graphic surgery flashbacks, but she doesn't seem to have any had any surgery performed on her because there's no scars um you know she mentions that she has illnesses that affect her uterus but that's not the same thing as what they're showing in the in the flashbacks yeah the aliens are very good at hiding all of the scars except for in your uterus they haven't Um, mastered that yet so they actually show, they talk about her going to talk to one of her friends who, like, believed in this. And they actually show some newspaper articles about how, you know, basically the local news is reporting that a lot of people are saying that they're seeing aliens around this time. So I thought that that was kind of nice that they actually had, you know, some newspapers show up on the screen to kind of uh, show that they 
tried to fact check the story a little bit. They got the alien expert. Like, they're trying to do better. Yeah, I'm briefly encouraged by that, yeah. I did think the ceiling fan thing was weird. Like, when they showed, like, the wall disintegrates and she grabs onto the ceiling fan and then she gets sucked out and then she just wakes up in her bed the next day. And, uh, well, A, that's odd that the wall's just back. But, right. And, and also, but that there's, she, like, looks on top of the ceiling fan and she finds all these these marks, like, you know, like, in the dust of her fingerprints. So the wall is totally fine, but the aliens left a chair knocked over in her fingerprints. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't think to replace the dust on the ceiling fan. <laughs> um, also, clean your fan. Oh, my God. It was so dirty. <laughs> I'm not, I don't clean my fans either. Oh, my God. Everyone clean your fans, please. Well, mine's all the way. It, mine's like 13 feet in the air. I've got yeah, vaulted ceilings. They make like a duster that's on a stick that you can, that's like specifically for this purpose. Ugh. Do you have any other notes um, about this one? No, it's just, it, it seems very obvious to me that she just, she had those, those medical issues since she was a little girl and it just, it manifested before she could do anything about it and the, more, more than the aliens, she probably has a, a good suit for malpractice for the doctors that originally did all those tests. Yeah, I do think that if you're an ill child and you've had a lot of medical tests or have been possibly subjected to medical malpractice, like that could really end you having flashbacks or having trauma. And it, I think one of the things that's kind of sad about this is that Instead of them pointing the finger at the American medical system, at the doctors that treated her, at the inaccessibility of medical care in, in rural communities, she just believes that it was aliens. Yeah, is why she had to, why she can't have children, and and that that I think is the saddest part about this this whole thing is that she had this ter- you know, she had this terrible thing happen to her, but. She's also like has this fantastical story to cope with it, and we don't get any implication in the show about who really is accountable, which is you know the lack of access that she had to to quality medical care and um yeah, that really just the, this one just bums me out, and then it ends on a super bummer note, which you know so far you know four out of five have ended on which is basically her friend says how's it gonna stop and Lindsay says they um they aren't done with me and they're gonna study me until the day i die i'm like an animal that's been tagged it's never gonna stop and i don't know if i can keep living like this kind of almost a suicidal statement i mean it just ends on such a dark note yeah that's the vibe that i got that that was a little darker than the other ones. The other ones were yeah. like, oh, it's never, I'm going to be special and haunted forever. This one was like, I might kill myself. Yeah, it's, like, not, spook- it's not spooky. I mean, these, these shows, they do kind of try to, you know, mix in a lot of trauma. But I think the fact that she is just so, like, broken by, that she's, like, on the edge it's just 
it, it's genuine too i think that's the difference too like she's not just like yeah it's never gonna end. like she's like defeated and yeah. it's disturbing it's it's pretty disturbing um also why is just one more note before we move on why is it called alien infection or are we supposed to understand that her uterus was infected that she didn't bring that up like why is it called alien infection <laughs> yeah i don't know were, Even, were there any infections in this <laughs> yeah the what they implied was that the the aliens had just like screwed around in her her vagina for so long that they they messed it all up but um they didn't purposely like infect her with an alien disease or something the the doctors probably would have found that yeah when they showed um the scene with the probing i thought oh we're gonna get an alien rape really don't want to see that and then she's gonna get like an alien std and that's why it's gonna be called alien infections that would have been very weird yeah i mean that seemed like it, what it was leading up to, but instead what we got was just, like, the most sad thing ever. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past these people to to move the story in that direction. But uh, it turned out the real alien infection was the American healthcare system. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you want to move on to the season finale? Boy, do I. So, unlike Alien Infections, this one is very aptly named. Um, it is named Stolen Gravestone. <laughs> I love this one. This is uh, my favorite. So, in this tale, Hayden is having some trouble at home. She's a young teenager. Her parents are getting divorced. And she starts dating this bad boy, Um during a kind of rebellious period and as a gift the bad boy steals a gravestone and gives it to her and when this happens she starts getting haunted by a ghost but it seems like the ghost is protecting her um, he slams the door on her mom he protects her from some rapists in an alley which we can talk about more later mm -hmm. um, and then she goes into the marines and the ghost follows her there and then she gets married and the ghost follows her there um, and then it starts interfering with her marriage um, and basically breaks her and her husband up. And that's just kind of the note that it ends on. Uh, so that's that's the brief overview. Um, so let's rewind to the beginning of the episode and talk about all the weird, funny things that <laughs> happen in this one. Yes. Uh, to start on a high note. Uh, I just want to give credit to whoever did the casting for the reenactments on this one. Fucking nailed it. Oh, they look a lot like the real people. Yeah, almost exactly. Like, I was very impressed. I didn't, mm -hmm. not impressed enough to watch the credits and find out who did it. But uh, if I'll you're bring, out there, yeah, congrats. I'll bring this up later. But I do think that they were very excited um, that they finally had like a super hot chick narrator that they could cast a really hot actress to play. Yeah. Um, cause they made that pretty evident throughout the episode that they were like pretty pumped to have a sexy narrator. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, my first note is she talks about how during her rebellious period, she starts going out at night with her friends to the graveyard to kind of get away from home. Um, now, okay, partying in a graveyard, that's, a, I think, a normal, like, rebellious teenage activity. But when they show the reenactment, they're just 
spinning around yelling in the graveyard. <laughs> like they're not like drinking beers or they're just like, ah! <laughs> I was like what? Is this, I think is, I did see one bottle. Um, she like is smoking a cigarette, but they're all just basically like yelling in the graveyard yeah. for like. I was like, I was like, is this what they think teenagers do? Like they just they just spin around in a circle with a cigarette going. Ah! It's not that far off, honestly. I think we've <laughs> just, both been there. Um, the other thing that I thought was really funny in this scene is she talks about this boyfriend Tom, and she says. Uh, Tom was a grungy skater bad boy and it's dark when she first says this and then like the next day he comes to her, her house and you can kind of see him <laughs> and he doesn't look like a grungy skater bad boy at all he's like the most vanilla guy that they put in the dorkiest leather jacket it looks like a theater kid trying to do yeah. or something <laughs> yeah they put a little gel in his hair I do I, I really love how candid she is about like her rebellious teenage phase I always love yeah. that when people like know that they were a shitty teenager and then they have to talk about it later on and they're like, yeah, I was a real fuck. I, I regret all of this. Yeah, like she's like, I started dating this guy to get, like he was to get back at my parents. He was bad <laughs> right. for me. <laughs> um, I want to talk through the, the gravestone scene. So her boyfriend, Tom, the bad, the theater kid bad boy, texts her and says i have a surprise for you and she's like oh, so excited she runs down the stairs she opens the door tom's there looking not bad boy at all and mm -hmm. he hands her a gravestone <laughs> and she's like what is this and he goes it's a present and she's like why would you do this like i don't want this and then he just goes fuck go fuck yourself and yeah. storms off <laughs> he had so much invested in this working he's <laughs> That's how they totally broke up. She's just like, she's like, what? I don't want this. And he's like, go fuck yourself. Just such an overreaction. Not only broke up, never saw him again. <laughs> Not even in passing. <laughs> they didn't even like give their like you know give a box of their stuff back. No, apparently they had no friends in common or anything. It's just like, dude just disappears. Yeah, drops off the face of the planet. She didn't like the gravestone. I'm out. I'm moving. And then she's, like, stuck with this gravestone. Um, so she's like, okay, uh, I guess I have to put this back. So she decides to go to the graveyard to put it back. And at she's like, 11 p.m. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was like, why would you go back at night? Like, yeah. I get that maybe she doesn't want to carry around a gravestone in the daytime. Like, maybe that will look like she's stealing it and she doesn't want to get in trouble. But Go okay. during the day, find where you think it's missing from, and then come back at night. She's just walking around in the pitch black like, hello, Clarence? <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like it would be easy to explain to, if, like, a, the graveyard keeper or something came over. and Like, yeah, my douchebag friend stole this gravestone, and I'm trying to figure out where it goes. Probably help you out. <laughs> There's no reason to do that at, at nighttime. But it was... she does stupider things at nighttime, so... Yeah, like, it, it was a strange choice. Um, but anyway, the even stranger choice is she goes and, I guess, looks one night at 11 p.m. and then decides, ah, fuck it, I'll just keep <laughs> this gravestone for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I, I tried. Mistake number two. First mistake was Tom. Yeah. Second mistake is being that, like, like that's lazy. I mean, come on. Um, 
So then weird stuff starts happening. And she describes waking up at 1 a.m. and going downstairs to get a snack. And in the reenactment, she's like standing there making her cereal. And for some reason, the fridge is wide open. And the only reason that I can think of of why the fridge is wide open during this whole scene is to explain why the nipples of this actress are the main <laughs> star of this scene. <laughs> She's wearing like a like a sheer with her nipples like hard as rocks. They they have her come up close to the camera and do like a side angle shot so you can see the nipples really prominently. And then, you know, there's something going on with the door. It opens by itself. She has to go, you know, lock the front door. She's all freaked out. She goes back in the kitchen, her and her nipples. And the door of the fridge is still wide open. It's been wide open for like 20 minutes. I didn't I didn't have a note about her nipples, uh, but I, I didn't need one because it is burned into my memory. Also, in the beginning of the episode, you know how they show like a little like teaser before they play the... Um, the opening song and and what's it called the opening sequence thing um they mm. the clip that they show of her is like of the nipple shot too like that's like the opening sequence clip <laughs> like you know they kind of like oh i like to pull you in they're like hey there's nipples in this one yeah stay tuned um so freaky stuff starts happening but then she realizes that the ghost is actually protecting her um it slams the door when her and her mom are fighting um and then uh after a night of fighting with her mom she decides to go for a walk in downtown olympia late at night by herself at 17 and walk down a dark alleyway where she is approached by a group of men who are talking about what they want to do to her um so anyway the ghost uh scares the rapists away and then she goes home, she gets into a pair of uh, short shorts and lies on her bed, lovingly holding the gravestone, staring into the gravestone's eyes and resting the gravestone on her pubic bone. Right. I want to go back to the ghost scaring the rapists away. Because <laughs> she explains very specifically that there wasn't like an event. It was just kind of uh, an aura that Clarence the ghost exuded that made the rapists run away. And that seems not right to me. Like, it would need to be something specific for three grown men that are actively talking about kidnapping and raping a woman to just go, whoa, okay, we'll, we'll just leave then. It seems like it would take more than a ghostly presence to do that. I think what she's trying to express here is that it was just inexplicable. Like, they just kind of suddenly got freaked out and, and ran away for no reason. I don't know. I kind of like that more than, like, oh, and then a spooky Halloween ghost rose up behind her and said, back off, you motherfuckers. Like, it's less corny, yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit more like, like you know, she just, like, she just didn't understand... Uh, what was happening and like the guys just got suddenly freaked out and ran away like that's kind of scary actually I mean it's scary to be like almost like accosted by men of course but it's kind of freaky then to have them just suddenly stop get terrified for no reason and just like walk away too okay. see what I I'm mean, imagining like most likely reality scenario uh, aside from the ghost explanation Maybe it was just some extraordinarily aggressive catcalling, and when they realized that she was terrified of them, they went, oh, okay, no, never mind. No, what I would like to imagine is, because she said she was cutting through an alley, 
um, is that they were saying s- stuff to her. Maybe they were threatening her. Maybe they were catcalling. Um, but then she turns around, right, and faces them, and they're, like, approaching her. And what I like to imagine is a police officer just casually walked by at the end of the alley, and they were like, <laughs> oh, shit, and just, like, ran away. <laughs> so never mind. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah, and they couldn't show it because they don't show police in the haunted universe. <laughs> so they just said it was, uh, you know, unexplainable. They just turned around and ran <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> Top, top of the morning to you, Officer. <laughs> top of the evening, whatever. <laughs> Bye. We weren't doing anything. Um, so let's get back. Can we can we get back to the ghost, her being like having sexy times with the ghost? Yes, please. <laughs> um, okay, so the first weird thing that happens is what I mentioned about the gravestone. Um, that seems odd. And then she goes to the Marine Corps. It's un- they don't explain if she brings the grave with her to the Marine Corps. It seems like she's living in a dorm style. Yeah, they don't ever explain what happens to the gravestone, I don't think. Yeah, so I like to imagine that she just packed her little suitcase of stuff. And she's like, you know, I'm going to bring some underwear, some socks, you know, some, some clothes for my days off and also my gravestone. <laughs> go to the yeah. army. Go to Sorry, go to the Marine Corps. Um, so anyway... She's in the Marine Corps. They don't show her doing any Marine Corps shit. The only reason that the Marine Corps is in here is for her to get ghost touched a bunch in her dorm bed and then also meet her husband. Like, they don't show her, like, doing any Marine Corps stuff. But anyway, she's laying in bed. Um, the ghost shows up and starts bad touching her on the leg. She wakes up and she's startled. And then she says that she liked it. Yeah. So the reenactment is showing her being like bad touched kind of by the ghost. But then the narrator says, you know, that he started getting closer and she liked it. And her they show her ex-husband's face and his face is literally like, oh, fuck. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> like, it's a new face. I've never seen that kind of facial expression before. And then they do a second ghost bad touch evening situation where now for some reason she's sleeping naked in the marine corps bed in an open dorm with other people i don't think that's normal um and she wakes up naked and there's like some side boob and she's like all sexy and like clarence is like getting closer to her so there's just like a lot of of sexual implications in these scenes like as like it's implied that her and the ghost are like having a sexual relationship kind of um and that she kind of is into it uh, or so anyway, her and her, they kind of gloss over her and her husband get married, whatever. They move into a house. They like show up for like five minutes and then she's taking a bath mm-hmm. and um, she is topless. So we have a reoccurrence of the <laughs> secondary character of her nipples. Yep. Um, for some reason, her nipples are just all the way out. I know when I take a bath, I like to only be covered from the waist down. I never like sink down farther to get my upper body uh, wet and under the water. Um that's yeah, the worst. She's taking a bubble bath and washing her hair, and she is using an insane amount of soap. Like, there's soap all over her hair, all over her face, everywhere, just suds, like, everywhere. <laughs> and I just... And then Clarence comes into the room and starts watching her bathe, and she just has soap, like, all over her, fa- her face. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just... <laughs> I just imagine the director being like, we need more bubbles. No, more bubbles. More, more. Bubbles are sexy. <laughs> Get it all over your face. Yeah, all over the face. <laughs> Guys love it when you have bubbles on your face. You know? Just soap everywhere. Like, 
I don't know. Maybe Cla- I bet Clarence wasn't even peeping toming her. He was just worried she was going to slip getting out of the tub because all that soap. Like, he just wanted to make sure she got out okay. Yeah. He's just worried about her. Yeah. I did have, uh, on the note of just Clarence's general creepiness, um, Clarence was a nice enough ghost to protect her from rapists. And then only to immediately sexually assault her, her himself. Uh, and then I asked, are, is she sure she didn't just date uh, somebody from Reddit? What? This is a, this is a recurring joke uh, that Reddit feminists are the kind of people who will white knight for women. And then as soon as they get alone with a room, uh, it, with them in a room, they just turn into huge creeps. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that stereotype, but it does seem like he goes from being this very protective force to suddenly, like, trying to get with her. And it's like he's, like, grooming her, right? Like, it's like, yeah, I love you. Like, I'm always going to be for here. you here for you. I'm going to protect you. And then as soon as she turns 18, he's like, and now I'm going to bad touch you while you're sleeping. That's exactly what I was going for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it's just, it's a little disturbing. Um and it just kind of seems like she's just sort of like, yeah, I liked it. Like, that she's not disturbed by it at all. Like, she's not like, oh, it's weird that I'm having this kind of relationship with the ghost. Like, This is the entire reason I love this, this episode, is her demeanor is so strange. So the opposite of what it should be. She's not scared. No, at all. She is like there to apologize to her husband pretty much yeah her Um, her base she's like i fuck ghosts get over it (laughs) (laughs) what just totally nonchalantly like not only do i fuck ghosts i chose a ghost over my husband yeah i divorced my husband for a ghost named clarence Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's very strange her like approach and it seems like the only parts where she's getting upset are like it's not because she's traumatized by being haunted. It's because her husband and her broke up and she loves him or she loved him or she feels bad that she hurt someone that loves her. Like it seems like all of her grief is like more associated with like their marriage, not yeah. Clarence. I kind of skipped ahead in my notes here. The next thing I have is like when he's like leaving for the last time and she thinks about throwing a knife at him. Do you have anything before that? I know he like, tries to shoot the ghost <laughs> yeah he, he tries to shoot the ghost and she try or she thinks about killing him with a bread knife um which it would be hard to kill a man with marine training with a military with a bread knife well it's, it looks like a big butcher's knife that's one thing that i thought was odd was it wasn't a bread knife bread knives are quite serrated and very long and thin and it was like just like a butcher's knife like a knife that you would use for chopping vegetables or meat next to the bread um it's difficult to cut bread with that type of knife um but i guess they just did it to make it seem more serious and yeah they show her like he's leaving and she's angry with him and she looks at the knife and she says i thought about throwing it at him and i've never been like that like as if that's like a normal thing to be like like as if like yeah like you know like the type of woman that would just throw a throw a knife at her husband like i've never been like that (laughs) Like, (laughs) like she says it not like I, I was like, I couldn't believe how uh, insane that thought was. Like, that was so not me. Like, she's just like, 
I thought about throwing the knife at him, and I'd never been like that before. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I would hope not. <laughs> I would hope not. Yeah, and then she does say later that she was going crazy, but she says it very, like, she's not getting super upset at this point. Like, she just says it kind of like, you know, she's in a dark place. Um, yeah, that that's what she means, but it just seems... It's like, lady, you, you claim to have sex with ghosts. I'm not sure what you're capable of. Like, throwing a knife, I, I believe it. That's the least crazy thing you said this whole... This yeah. Whole. Um, so the next thing I have is we have another military situation where they decide to go to, go, go to a counselor. Not a chaplain, but they go to the uh, Marine Corps marriage counselor. Yes. And for some reason... Um, I didn't know that this was a normal thing for marriage counselors to, but the marriage counselor gives them the number of a paranormal investigation team yeah, to help solve their marital a, issues. On like speed dial or something. Yeah, like, she's like, oh yeah, hit up my friend Holly. Like she's the best. And like had like the paranormal investigator's card in her desk. She's like, this comes up a lot. Goes through the main reason for divorce. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh, it's, it's, it's a code blue. We've seen this before. And then, uh, or sorry, Polly is the is the ghost hunter's name. But I just thought that was so nuts. I was just like, what? They go to the military marriage counselor for help on their marriage, and she tells them to get a paranormal investigation team. Yeah. I think how... they need a new therapist. No. I, how I imagine it is the therapist was like, oh, yeah, here's a paranormal investigator team, and then was waiting for the paranormal investigator team to come back and be like, yeah, you're not haunted by a, a ghost boyfriend. You're just, you just got like some plumbing issues and it, your house makes noises. But then the paranormal investigators come back. They're like, oh my God, your ghost boyfriend scratched the shit out of me. Yeah, no, Austin, the boyfriend gets attacked or the husband gets attacked. And yeah. then Polly, the supernatural investigator says, this is not a ghost. Like, this is a demon. It wants to hurt Austin. Like, this is a problem. And Austin wants to get the house blessed to try to get rid of the demon. Of course. And, and uh, Hayden uh, says no. She chooses the ghost. She's like, get out. I choose the ghost. <laughs> We're how... not blessing the house. I have no idea how I would feel. If my wife divorced me for a ghost. I mean, he seems to feel pretty bad. <laughs> that guy has, like, the mental fortitude, like, Fort Knox. Because that's insane that he took that on the chin and was like, all right, fair is fair. I, I lost to the ghost, I guess. So the final note that I have, and we can continue to discuss if you have anything else to talk about, is that Austin, they kind of end this episode... In this way, Austin says to her, you are the love of my life. And Hayden says back, you were the love of my life. Ouch. End of episode, run credits. Yeah, I felt that one. I was like, damn. She literally is just like, you were the love of my life until I fell more in love with my ghost boyfriend. Right. It's like, Jesus Christ. He's just being so genuine. He's like, you are the love of my life. And she's just like, yeah, <laughs> you were the love of my life. <laughs> that snapback not... was the sound of the, the speed of sound being broken. <laughs> it was 
Jesus. Oh, holy shit. And then they just end the episode with that. I'm like, oh my God, this, I feel bad for Austin. Like Austin's the one that I'm just like, oh my God, is that dude going to, like, how do you, how, like, he's going to get in a new relationship, right? And then he's going to have to tell them that he was married before. Cause like it might come up or, you know, if you're getting married again, it might come up and like, and his new wife is going to be like, why did you get divorced from your last wife? And he's going to have to explain this situation. Yeah. <laughs> to, to someone like oh well you know she like chose her ghost boyfriend over me classic classic love triangle and they're not they're not gonna believe him and for good reason because it's fucking ridiculous do you think that clarence is hot she never talks about what he looks like um yeah what do you think you know do you think clarence is hot is he, he i mean they just show him as smoke yeah i was I was kind of trying to figure this out um, through a different path. I was trying to figure out what, like, what century or, like, time period was Clarence from. Like, yeah, because I, I just want to know more about Clarence. Like, how hot was he? Who is he? They never found out. He just stays as a big cloud of smoke. Yeah, I would be curious because sometimes um, graveyards you can kind of tell the time period or like you can tell things about the situation based on the, the headstone. And obviously the headstone that they're showing in the reenactment, um, we don't know what the real headstone looked like. Um, mm-hmm. But they're showing just a small plot, small flat plot head um, stone that just says Clarence on it. Um, so typically in a graveyard, if you see something like that, A, it's really old. Um, it's really old and, and odd that there'd be no dates on it. So it's either really old or it's like a plot for a family, like a little section for the Clarence family. So it wouldn't necessarily be a specific person's headstone. There would be like multiple people in there or it's a very old headstone, but also Clarence would be his last name probably, um, and yeah, it's odd that there's no dates on it, um, which probably would mean it's quite old or it's like broken. Um, but yeah, like if you you can, I'd be curious to know what the real Clarence headstone looked like because you can tell things like, for example, like all of the World War II gravestones of soldiers, they all look identical in most mm-hmm. graveyards um, and things yeah. like that. So if we knew what it looked like, we might be able to figure out a little bit more about his backstory. Um, if it even is a him, we don't even know if it's a him, right? Because Clarence is just a last name, so. Yeah. Could be a le- lesbian ghost. Yeah, there's no way to know. It's going to bother me forever whether or not that ghost is hot. Yeah, the the ghost being perverted thing. I mean, I'm glad that she's not traumatized and that she likes it. But, God, if she didn't like it, that would just be so disturbing. <laughs> Yeah, to be constantly sexually harassed by a, a ghost that yeah, you can't get rid of. I know. I'd just be like having a man at your house all the time. It just sounds terrible. Yeah, it's just it's like she was married already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think I have anything else on, on this. Do you want to just kind of do like a general season one? You know, what do we think? Yeah. Overall? Yeah, season one, uh, it was okay. Um, it's better than season two just because of one specific episode. Um, 
But, I mean, the slaughterhouse sucked. The rest of them were just, like, kind of meh. Yeah, we got murderers, aliens, Casper ghost boyfriends, creepy children ghosts. Um, we got The lady a lot. in white. Yeah. Um, I do think that these last three episodes, um, they aren't as... Shitty to the storytellers um, as the first three. It's not as bad with the kind of mixing the trauma and the and the spooky Halloween stuff. Um, yeah. But I think that we do get three, and that these three episodes are much more about the individuals' stories. Like the the stories are just kind of unique and weird. Um, not that the slaughterhouse story wasn't weird, but it's just kind of like. There's a lot that there's a lot of in between the line stuff, I guess is what I'm saying. Like like with the the graveyard, the stolen gravestone episode with Hayden, there's a lot of in you know, in between the line stuff about like her and her relationship with her husband. And in the episode about the aliens, there's all this in between the line stuff about her sorrow around not being able to have children and um you know, we got this, like, potential, like, medium guy, you know? So it's kind of, it seems less forced, which I liked in these last three episodes. Yes, um, they were actually about the the ghosts for the most part. The first one wasn't so much. It was more about him being psychic at the end, but... Yeah, it was more about the supernatural events. Um, they there didn't seem like there was a lot of gratuitous trauma in it that was completely unrelated for no reason um and the and and the spooky stuff wasn't as campy i mean the aliens like it's hard to do a classy alien like yeah that was like a little much um but i think that they're uh the children ghosts those are done pretty well um it wasn't too over the top it was a little bit spooky um clarence the cgi was kind of shitty but like i think it was an interesting way to show him to kind of show how he was because like it would have been a really different episode if he had been like a sexy dude that was like painted white right so yeah yeah i kind of i i sort of agree with some some of the choices that they made although i feel a little bit uncomfortable with some of the for lack of a better word, rapey stuff that happens in these last three. I mean, we're going to get to some really disturbing rapey stuff in the second season. But, I, you know, I didn't really... I was very disturbed by the probing and also all the ghost bad touching. Like, uh, I just was... I didn't like that element. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a man and I'm not particularly squeamish, but the, the alien infection one was a little... Uh, a little uncomfortable for me. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, I wish they didn't put that part in. Oh, that's okay. yeah. Um, but yeah, so far, I think I'm starting to like enjoy the show a little bit more. I think it's fun to make fun of it. Yeah, I think <laughs> I wasn't as like mind blown by these three episodes. Maybe that's the way to say it. like there wasn't things happening that I was like. Why is this happening every they three were, seconds? <laughs> they were slightly more respectful, except for the last one, uh, where the with the gratuitous nipple stuff. 
Oh my but, god, um, so many nipples. I that, they were just so pumped to get a hot actress that was willing yeah. to do toplessness. But I feel the least bad about that one cuz like nothing really bad happened to that woman. She got she chose to get divorced for her ghost boyfriend. But... Yeah. Yeah. So next week um do you want to continue and and get into season 2? Yeah, let's do it. Um yeah, so I can't remember i know that the first episode uh is i remember this one and uh we got some serious spooky halloween stuff that is gonna i'm gonna have a lot of I've the same complaints that i had in the first couple of episodes um but yeah we're also going to to see the church episode i think that's in the first three next. yeah i don't remember which episode i'm not yeah, looking forward to that i'm dreading that I'm dreading it, but I also have been asking for some recommendations from people for paranormal investigation shows or or other, you know, true story haunted um, type shows that we could do next. And I found out that apparently Jack Osborne has a new ghost hunting show. Have you heard of this? Is that Ozzy Osbourne's son? Yeah. Um, I, ha- I I vaguely remember hearing about this. So it's going to be my nomination to look into that next. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I was telling my family about this, and they basically gave me a million recommendations. So now I'm wondering if um, we should make an email address or something so that if for some reason anyone that isn't our personal friends with our phone numbers ends up listening to this it can recommend what we should watch next sure i can put something together yeah um are we gonna go with the name this ghost sucks do you like that i love that name yeah okay yeah cool all right well let's let's make a this ghost sucks at gmail.com or something okay 